In this month's episode, Ali Warren is in conversation with Lucy Cuthbertson, the co-director of the Globe Theatre's Education Department. Lucy talks with great love about her role, how fortunate she is to hold her position, shares top tips with us for exploring Shakespeare with young people, and tells us about the Globe's purpose of getting teachers to teach Shakespeare in an active way. Enjoy the conversation as we dive into the social issues his plays represent, why he shouldn't necessarily be treated like a godlike figure, and how important being prepared to be a yardling is. Think drama trip meets geography field trip. Until next month. Enjoy. Uh, hello and welcome to this month's half hour call from Open Drama and this month we are very very privileged to have with us uh, Lucy Cuthbertson who is co-director of education at the Globe Theatre in Southwark in London and we're going to talk about all things Shakespeare and um, lots of other exciting things that are going on at the moment uh, with obviously the joy that means that people are actually going to be coming back into your space. How's that been then Lucy? Oh, it's been it's been brilliant. Um, thank you for having me on, by the way. And it's um, yeah, it's been lovely to see schools having the confidence to go back out and take children on trips, and just a real sense that that's been such a massive part of the school life that they've missed. Um, and we we did get some very brave schools coming during, I suppose, during the worst of the pandemic, and in, in like tiny little gaps where there was a tier change and mm-hmm. <laughs> it was technically an opportunity to to go out um even though maybe the advice said you know not recommended but okay if it's educational there were there were schools who sort of interpreted that as yes we can we can go so we'd have the odd school arrive when the site was quite quiet but um no it's kind of flooded back now which is wonderful tell me a little bit about yourself tell me tell me let's start with the Shakespeare thing what was the first your first experience of Shakespeare and and why what why did it appeal to you so strongly do you remember that I do actually um I was uh, I went to school in the northeast of England um in um a place called Whitley Bay and it was we had um the middle school system so I went to primary middle high um and I, I remember we started Shakespeare in middle school so I think I was about 11 maybe when I first came across Shakespeare I remember the lesson um had a brilliant teacher Mrs Howe and she was she started Romeo Juliet with us and she didn't pull any I remember she didn't pull any punches in fact and I remember we found it really embarrassing because she started talking about sex um (laughs) and rightly so (laughs) to to, in terms of that play and there was some I just remember finding that the the challenge of this scene she was doing was so exciting I took the play home with me um my mum was very um sort of very enthusiastic about going to the theatre in general um, and love Shakespeare and because we were lucky enough because we're in the northeast we used to get the ROC touring up to Newcastle it was one of the few places they used to tour Mm. they always came to the theatre royal in Newcastle Mm. and we used used to go a lot Um, so I was very lucky to get exposure early on but I do remember I do remember that moment where there was something I didn't I didn't understand everything in the script. It was hard, 
I quite liked that. I quite liked it wasn't being given to me on a plate and um, probably had grown up like everyone with this sense it was going to be really difficult. But I was, she, was, she was presenting in a way that you could relate to. Um, and that middle school, I, I look back on that middle school, especially because I then went on to be a drama teacher. And I look back on it and think it was quite progressive regarding drama. They, I think they had been, don't know if any of them had been to a Dorothy Heathcote workshop or something because we were in the Northeast, it's, there's a chance of that. But we had teachers who were into process drama. I remember quite long sessions where we would, I remember being a cave person for probably, it felt like hours. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea the teacher was even in the room still, but <laughs> totally immersed in being in, in my cave person world. Uh, I remember they took us, again, it must be when the RSC were visiting, Newcastle to a little church hall somewhere in the northeast where Cicely Berry gave us a, a workshop on Romeo and Juliet. Um, again, we, we did this with our teachers, excruciatingly embarrassing because she was making us do physical stuff and feel the passion. And I um, mean, you know, again, we were probably only about 11, so it was, yeah, embarrassing, but so sort of exciting as well and being taken up to the RSC to see a workshop where actors showed you three or four different ways to do the same line. And it was a cool actor and he was there in Dr. Martin's and there was something about it which immediately didn't feel, just didn't feel like it wasn't something I could do or I could access. It was everyone around me, all the adults were breaking it down and making it feel like I could have it. How, how important do you think it is then outlining your own experience, but also I think the experience for a lot of us, the access to, to Shakespeare through schools is and how influential do you think that is? I think for most people, it's completely massive. I mean, I, I, you, I don't think you would access it without the school in most cases. Um, so that experience is very informative. And if it's a good one, then you'll carry that with you. If you have a bad experience, um, again, that's that's what we hear all the time. I, you know, I didn't enjoy it at school. That was it. Um, and in many cases, you have people who come into the teaching system who didn't enjoy it at school, and they've they've had to kind of perhaps get over that if it's then something they've got to teach. But I, I mean, I I appreciate. I was lucky that I just happened to have a mum who liked theatre, and I mean, she even I remember once she wrote me. And no, the only time she did something bad, my mum, because she wasn't bad, was she wrote me a sick note to Skive School um, in high school so I could go to Newcastle Theatre Royal to see a matinee of Love's Day Bazaar because we couldn't get together for the evening. <laughs> so that was, I have my mum to blame for that. But I think in most, in most cases, um, school will be the, the conduit for access to theatre, uh, Shakespeare and theatre and how you how you feel about those um, so it's, it's very it's, it's going to be very influential. Yeah I think that's true because that was that was the same in my case um, <laughs> not from parents it wasn't something that my my parents were involved in in fact I think they found it a bit of a surprise when I got into it but I had a remarkable English teacher a man called Tom King who after two years of teaching just ran off to go and be an actor um, who decided that he would take us to see Macbeth at the, um, what was then the old Vic in Stoke-on-Trent. So it was in the round. 
Wow. And so we were right up close and personal with it. And it was it was thrilling. It was visceral and exciting. And like you, I didn't understand some of the stuff that was going on. But I do remember coming out of it thinking, good me, goodness me, <laughs> good Lord. I, you know, and feeling kind of emotionally steamrolled in a way that as, at 14, I'd never felt before. And, I, you know, I just wanted to find out more about it. And it was just having that experience that kind of opened the way for me. And I think it's finding those experiences that are so crucial to people at any age, actually, beginning to understand and appreciate Shakespeare. Um, no, I, comp I completely agree. Um, and if you, you know, even if after that you don't like it and you're not interested in trying to access it further, at least you may not feel it's completely alien. So that I think it's it's that you've you've got a different set of choices to have. I think if you've had a good experience, yeah, I think the interactive quality of your those early experiences are the things that matter, though. Yeah, um, you know that you either see it or that you are involved in it in some way. I think the tendency to sit on seats and try and read him around the classroom I mean I think reading around the classroom is fraught with all kinds of difficulties as it is but I think that Shakespeare particularly suffers under those circumstances tell me a little bit about the Globe's view on all this because obviously you're a working theatre and that's really important but what is the Globe's purpose in the world and in the world of theatre and drama as far as you see it? Um, well, I think it's, I mean, I, I joined in September 2019, so I'm only speaking personally from kind of recent experience, but I think it, what is always been trying to do educationally and the education element of the globe was there before the actual theatre was built. So it started with an education department that was operating out of a sort of temporary building around the corner whilst, for years, whilst the theatre was, being built or trying to be built and I think the purpose was very much from the beginning about trying to get um, young people's teachers to teach Shakespeare to, in an active way so it it was not meant to be read it's you know it's not meant to be a, a text to study in in a lesson in a classroom sit down situation obviously it's become that it's not its origin that's not what it was originally so about trying to get it on its feet and explore it by doing it, by saying it, um, by experimenting. That's always been really the heart, I think, of what's been happening here. I think for, for me, in, in, since I've arrived and um, again, across our education department, which includes our higher ed and research departments, um, I think we also feel there's a, an importance in, in there's a social justice justice element to Shakespeare. There's loads and loads of issues within those plays which you can hook people into, um, and to to see that the issues 400 years ago are not alien to us. They're not that different. We can find the parallels, um, and to just allow young people to feel like it has it has a relevance. Um, I don't think we're at all trying to put him on a pedestal. In the education department at all i think sometimes there are outside pressures that want us to but we don't feel that 
and we don't feel that's very helpful. I think we want young people to be questioning and interrogating the texts and finding a way to make them relevant to them, to today, but not just to discard it and not just to um, think, oh, it's not relevant to me and it's basically long and boring. <laughs> if, you, if you ask a lot of young people what they think of Shakespeare, boring and long, I think are two, <laughs> are the two words that tend to come up really frequently. How important is the, the, the social justice aspect of the Shakespeare experience? I mean, it's, it's what Greg Doran refers to, referred to in a recent article as the 360 degrees of human emotion that is in Shakespeare. Um, is that the best way in to, to try and help young people understand that he's writing about you and me, albeit that he's writing about you and me in a language with an English twist that is not one that is entirely familiar to us? I think it's one of the ways. I, I think um, some kind of, I suppose what I mean by social justice is are, there are issues, you know, look at what happened in the last couple of years and um, uh, sort of the, the much heightened awareness of racism, for example, that's in the plays. Um, and you can draw direct parallels with some of those issues and, and look at them through, through the text. So there are obviously lots of, other completely contemporary ways to um, examine racism, but you can also do it through Shakespeare. But I think, I, I think in terms of the human condition, that I'm not sure we always entirely agree with that. I, I don't think this idea that Shakespeare is universal, that he understood everybody and everything. Again, I'm not sure that's entirely helpful. And I don't think we we would agree with that. I think there was lots of experiences and lots of people he didn't encounter and didn't understand. So I think there's the, there are there are people missing from the plays and he was coming from a very particular context and a very particular time. So that I, I think that it's again it's it's good for young people to to examine that and to interrogate that because I think if you think he was this all-seeing <laughs> um, godlike person who could interpret everyone on the earth when he, we're not even sure he left the country um, it would it, it puts him to again too much on a pedestal and isn't very helpful he was of his time and of his place and um, and obviously super super good at what he did I think the um, for me another way for young people to get into this into the plays is, is just again through the stories not all of them but some of them are are so excellent and so captivating. We just did a, a, a um, storytelling for young people from the age of five on Hamlet. And just the basic story of Hamlet is, is gripping, is gripping for young people. They absolutely love it when you describe, describe the basic plot about, you know, Hamlet's father's dies, his mum has just remarried his uncle his father's brother they find and, and she did that within two months they find that you know it's disgusting um the ghost appearing it's just so exciting the basics of those stories are so exciting um similar with Macbeth and there's a reason why I think schools the curriculum is very heavily always going to find Macbeth in there 
because it's such a great story. It's such a, it's so exciting. There's so many elements to it, which is which has been one of them. So I think there's I think you can go through themes, you can go through story, um, and there are yeah it does it does need it does need creative teaching it does need inspiring teaching without a doubt and you do need teachers who uh, feel that it speaks to them if they're going to then pass that on with some enthusiasm to their teachers like you had yeah I mean I I, I love Hamlet as to te I teach it for to key stage three because I always start off by saying okay we're going to work on a story that's got a ghost and a poisoning and a murder <laughs> and there's a stabbing and um there's a, there's pirates and there's and and do you want to hear this story and they all they, <laughs> of course they go yes and then i say well it's shakespeare and, go, <laughs> and it changes their attitude what advice then would you give to a teacher who is aware perhaps that they ought to do something about enlivening their teaching of Shakespeare, that they have a responsibility um, to bring something else to Shakespeare in the classroom. What would you say to them about going about improving that? And um, we're talking drama teachers, yeah? Yeah. 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 I mean, let's, let's start with drama teachers. Yeah. Because we're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as we know, it's, it's predominantly taught through English and, and through English teachers. But uh, I think it, because it's often best taught when it's taught practically, it would be lovely to see more drama teachers having a go at using it, um, either, you know, in a fuller form for a school production or you know using it as a as a as a springboard board for devising often what we find with teachers is the thing that frightens the most is the language that they're frightened by the language uh, or they don't feel comfortable with the language again that could well be a hangover from their own school experience of how it was taught and the language is obviously it does take work you do need to spend some time um, getting to grips with the way it's expressed, but it's not—it's not so difficult, and it can be done. I, I would say it just needs work. It's, you can't just expect that to be an easy thing immediately, um, and to to not be frightened of applying your own interpretation. It's not—it's not got to be something which is um, a museum piece. It's not something which can't be. Uh, interpreted in, in in any way obviously there will be interpretations that work and interpretations that perhaps don't work <laughs> that don't feel they've been um you know really sort of worked hard at to to um, illuminate something about the play um or or an interpretation that sort of says hangs together but you know who who cares i think if you're allowing young people to to use the language and to um, to explore it, to somehow make it, to make the play their own in some way. I, I think that's positive. And there's a challenge inherent in that, which I quite like. I, I think there's a challenge with taking an older text and trying to make it feel contemporary or to find the contemporary resonance in it, as opposed to taking a play which is, was written yesterday 
but I think it's a very different challenge, isn't it? It's very, it's a, and then that can often feel much simpler. I think if you take a contemporary play because you recognise the language, therefore you think, well, the kids always relate to something like that much more easily. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean the end result is stronger than if you've had to tackle something that isn't familiar immediately. So I think it's 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 all of that. It's it's, and it's finding. It's finding that the, there's a story at the at the core of it, isn't it? And that's that's a, always a great place to start. What do you feel about those people who talk about Shakespeare like it is a foreign language and offer translations? I think if it's an introduction, if it's a way of an introduction to uh, you know to young people, then knowing the play and knowing the story who then may then go on to actually read the original text then that that's not an awful thing um i'd worry i i think teachers should be able to have the confidence to to have a go at the language themselves um i can see that i can see why they want a translation it's like what does it mean everyone everyone at some point needs to kind of break the language down and to try and work out the meaning of 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 the words if they're not familiar but to just do a pure translation, I think you'd obviously lose, as a performance, I think you'd lose an awful lot. Um, I think there'd be a loss of the point of hearing the language because the language is at times incredible and beautiful and not beyond young people to, to deliver. We know that. Um, I've seen just, and been involved with just such incredible productions performed by young people. The language is something well within their ability if it's if it's taught or directed um, well, it's not beyond them. I think often teachers and parents find it's they're shocked to see their children performing Shakespeare. They didn't think they could or that they'd be able to. They they're more than able to. I think sometimes the secret is that element that you referred to this idea of confidence. If you give out the idea that you are confident that everybody will get this and that we will get through it together, um, then it means that there isn't this automatic barrier. You know, earlier on you referred to the fact that young people tend to think of Shakespeare as difficult and long. Well, if you don't present him as difficult and long, if you don't <laughs> say, oh, well, this is going to be tough, kids, because we don't know, we don't understand a word. Yeah, it's then, not the best start, is it? <laughs> it you know, there are going to be some young people who are going to respond to that as a challenge and go well that's it then I'm going to crack this nut but they are few and far between start from the point of view that it's it's interesting and it's exciting and it's it it's difference is part of its joy I I, I would worry about who's being excluded from the language and from the plays if if, if those choices are being made at the teaching level who gets to do Shakespeare in our schools now? Who gets to kind of access it? Um, is that another thing that's being left to um, the elite or to only certain schools? Um, because there's already an assumption being made that certain students in certain schools won't, won't be able to manage that. They won't be able to manage that. I've worked mm -hmm. in such difficult state schools in challenging circumstances. Um, and I've found, I haven't found children who can't manage it and who don't want to access it on some level and who feel a sense of empowerment 
and a, a real sense of achievement in getting aspects of it. So I wouldn't want I wouldn't want that to be sort of uh, you know taken away from any child really. I think everyone has the opportunity to have a go at the language and to feel that you know it's, it is things should be difficult. <laughs> it's okay that things are difficult. Then once you've achieved it, once you've overcome it, mm. there is a very real sense of achievement. You know that you that you've taken on something that you might have thought originally that you couldn't do and that you couldn't access and then at the end of it yeah it's yours you own it absolutely um, yeah when I've yeah. worked with young, with young people and then taking them to go and see the play and, and being told that the actor um doing a particular speech didn't do it right because that's not the way they did it and I think that's <laughs> I think that's brilliant because that means the ownership of that particular um part of the text is is theirs and that's very exciting <laughs> I think <laughs> both for me both for them and for me as a teacher thinking yes I've won that's a good thing so in all this if um a teacher is interested in uh accessing what the globe has to offer what's going on Lucy what's <laughs> what's happening this summer well there's lots of there's lots of productions which I think are often the text being studied in schools anyway so if you want to bring them to see something then there's quite a few um quite a few i'd recommend um i mean the learning department which is my area we um have I've had this very long relationship called playing shakespeare with deutsche bank which is an incredible thing to be able to oversee in the theater because we get a huge amount of funding to put on a production which has got young people in mind. It's not really, it's not made nice for them particularly, <laughs> it's, but it's made a little bit shorter. And uh, we've got a production of Macbeth on that's going to be next month in March, the whole of March, it goes into April. There's a mix of shows which are um, entirely, the tickets are entirely free for state schools in London and, and Birmingham. And then there's lots of, performances where any school can come along and get subsidized tickets and then there's public public shows as well and it this this is an amazing project because it allows so many students to come and see Shakespeare for the first time and it's in the globe obviously and it's outdoors it's not March can be a bit unpredictable it's happening snow before <laughs> and um I think it's it can uh it can be quite transforming. We've had young people who've come back and actually ended up being on our stages as professional actors. And then you find out their experience at the Globe was initially they, they came to play in Shakespeare with their school. And that's that's really exciting. And this year it's been directed by Sarah Frankham, who was, as we know, the artistic director at Manchester Royal Exchange for the best part of two decades. Um, and I feel very, very excited about that because to have such an amazing director on the production that is for young people, that for me feels the right way to do it. That you put, you, you know, you feel such a strong team onto the show that is for the audience who you most want to inspire and most want to excite. And they haven't bought a ticket, they're a captive audience, you know, then you're not preaching to the converted. Um, so that's exciting. And also in the season, in terms of 
product um, plays that are very popular in schools at the minute are Much Ado, um, by, directed by Lucy Bailey, who's got an amazing history here, and um, King Lear, which should be incredible, and also The Tempest into the summer. So those are all, those are all happening. And we've also got a, a family-friendly show, which I'm co-directing, called Midsummer Mechanicals, which should be hopefully great fun. I'm collaborating on that with Splendid Productions, who I think a lot of um, drama teachers will know, who um, are very well known up and down the country, and in terms of their workshops, in terms of their productions at tour to schools, and they are coming in to work with me on to create the show, which will be inspired by the the story of um, the mechanicals in a midsummer dream and it's it's envisaging what they do the year after Pyramus and Thisbean come back to do their their second show <laughs> <laughs> uh, the difficult second show um, in response to the, the success they had at the end of um, Midsummer's dream so it'll be very there'll be there'll be bits of, you know there'll be Shakespeare in there if if, if young people come and know and know Midsummer's dream they'll they'll get bits out of it. If they don't, it won't matter. And they'll know a bit about dream by the time they've gone, but it'll be fun, it'll be clowny, it'll be um, very participatory. You mentioned the outside factor. Um, I mean, obviously, because you're working in a reproduction of your actual Elizabethan stage, um, you can't get away from that how does that <laughs> how does that impact the decisions that you make about what goes on on the stage and when you stage things and because obviously you have the Sam Wanamaker theatre as well now but that's mm -hmm. that's not a big auditorium I understand no it's not it's um it's got I think it's less than 350 in in, in the playhouse and Sam Wanamaker playhouse so yeah. it's not, not really a great place for education work because 300, 300 seats and you've got two scores and you're full. No, um, exactly. And they, they have a, they, um, there is some standing in the, in the playhouse as well, but the, um, um, it, it is harder to get tickets in there. It can be, it's an amazing experience. We have a, we've had a lot of schools in recently into the playhouse because we've had Hamlet on. Um, we've measured measure often tech this winter there's been text that a lot of schools are studying and we're just opening Merchant of Venice again another text that's commonly studied so we've had a lot of schools in there but you, you're right it's much it's much tighter <laughs> and um, it's it's very it's very interesting in terms of what you learn about how those indoor playhouses would have been is fascinating for that reason but I think outdoors um, it's I, I do feel for young people coming for the first time because if they haven't been to the theatre very much and then they come and there isn't a roof and perhaps some of the staff who brought them haven't been and didn't quite prepare them for that um I, I think there's certain there's an element of trauma <laughs> involved in, the, in the, their first visit but what we hope is there's it, you know the yard is often described as the best seat in the house because you are, as you were describing from your experience of that in the round performance um, that you saw first, you are right in it. You're right involved in the, in the action. You're really close up to it. So what you, 
you know what you lose by being exposed standing in the yard when obviously there's other schools who've got seated tickets for no other reason than uh, you know the ballot lottery of who we put where um you might feel like you know you've lost out but actually you, you hopefully feel like you've won by the end <laughs> by the end of it and i'm sending now a kit list of what to wear when i arrived i, I was shocked at what children were wearing to come to this and I said, we really have to address this. I don't find this funny. I find this really upsetting to see children, you know, it, girls in bare legs with a skirt and uh, like no coat. And uh, so I'm now getting them to really think about dressing as if they're going on a geography field trip, because that is sort of what the trip is. You're outdoors. And if it's whatever the weather, if you're in the yard, you're exposed to it. So it's, uh, that's got to be the mentality. <laughs> I, lo I love that drama is geography field trip but I like the idea of a kit list <laughs> yeah and I think it's for, for me it's it's this there's an element of distraction built into the globe um and because it's shared light and that was that's a very interesting way to look at the way it was everyone was looking at everybody if you were rich you were sat in a certain place so that everyone could look at you the, the actors can see everyone everyone is looking at everybody else um, so of course what you're going to wear is really is is possibly really important as it is on most days you go to school thinking about what you wear but um, I also really want them to try and look in the direction of the stage sometimes as well so I'm trying <laughs> anything, that, <laughs> anything that stops them feeling physically comfortable and being able to just enjoy the experience um, I'm trying to try my best to eliminate that a little bit. Now, I, I, I do find the Globe a fascinating space in terms of young people there because, because it is loose. <laughs> it means that, the, yeah. that your restless children can wander around a bit. Um, <laughs> and, that's, and oddly, that's okay. Because yeah. they, if they're finding a different place in the space to, to mm. be, and then something catches their attention and they watch that little bit and then they wander off somewhere else, it's a can be a bit annoying for other people but there are kids out there for whom that's absolutely the best thing yeah and that's how it would have been and I think you know it, we're very used to theatre etiquette aren't we there's a, a way of yeah. behaving in a theatre audience and anything that doesn't meet those requirements now is frowned upon um you know silence being the kind of default expectation of a theatre audience but you come into the globe on a normal kind of public show and the atmosphere is different you come into playing Shakespeare where it's filled with the entire audience is, is schools and if you've ever been to any schools matinee in a big theatre you'll know there's a different atmosphere here the, it's the outdoor element there's something <laughs> very different happens and it's uh, actors have to, to be at the top of their game in a certain way to be able to deal with it because you if you whip that up and then you can't get it back and obviously it's one of the few venues now where no one is mic'd up it's all natural voice pulling that back is um is a, a tricky ask but i think there are start the the research team here feel that going into a playing shakespeare experience is probably the closest we get to the original conditions of Shakespeare's Globe in terms of the in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of the interaction. And it's magic, it's brilliant. 
Although I will say that the Globe was um, the site of one of the worst educational activities I've ever seen perpetrated. Not by oh, you. Um, no, I brought a, 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 some students to see, I think it was Antony and Cleopatra. And um, along the front of the stage was, it was one of these language schools and they had all been given a copy of the text photocopied and they carefully put them on the front of the stage and then were following the text. They never looked at the stage at all, they followed oh, the text. No. And then it became a game for the actors, which is the joy of being in this space, <laughs> to try and kick the scripts off the front of the stage. Oh, <laughs> the kids oh, couldn't follow kids. them. They were forced to watch the show, um, which I think was so, it was, it was both sad and funny at the same time. But eventually, oh. the, the, the these young people gave up. Did actually just watch the play. Um, <laughs> but I just thought, what a horrible thing to do to somebody to say, right, okay, you're going to go and see the play. Here's the text. Follow it by word by word. No, that, that's which I think goes back to what cruel. we were saying at the start. Cruel. Yeah, and I think anything. Yeah, it's just it's just like if you're in an audience, it feels like if you're in the yard, it'll feel quite packed. But you can be seen, and the actors can see you. So, you know, if you are on your phone, expect someone to step out of character and just, you know, address it or whatever, because everyone can see you. Um, and that's, I like that. I like it. That it it's, uh, it's definitely happening. It's definitely live. It's definitely real. In a way, I, I think I go to a lot of theatre at the moment. And I think it's, for me, it's an element of perhaps it's how commonly people are mic'd up now, how commonly um, there's use of multimedia projections so on and so forth things that have been pre-created where there's a, a, a an element of the liveness is starting to feel more frequently missing for me that mm -hmm. i'm seeing something that's stepping into a safer space you know that there's less risk in it um and i like i like the feeling of risk <laughs> that we still have at the globe yeah i think that's great i think we should I think that's perhaps the point where we should we should end risk your Shakespeare go out there and try him out um, because it's a risk that's worth it <laughs> thank you very much Lucy it's been a pleasure chatting with you yeah and, you uh, too Ellie everybody check out the Globe website it's full of all sorts of interesting stuff uh, and you might be able to get yourself some tickets and get yourself wrapped up warm to go and watch <laughs> some of these plays enjoy <laughs> for listening make sure you subscribe so you don't forget to join us next month for more content conversations and cpd in the meantime have a look at our website follow like and tag us on all social media platforms until next month